Hey, listen up, Ohio State fans. ESPN's College Game Day is in town, and they want you in attendance. The show will kick off its first road show on Saturday, September 3rd, behind St. John's Arena at 9 a.m. It will be full of excitement and giveaways. Come out and watch the show from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. and tailgate with many other Buckeyes fans. Early arrival is strongly suggested. Bring your best signs. Now on to the Ohio State of Mind. Welcome once again to The Ohio State of Mind, a show powered by Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio alongside Tyler Danberg. I'm Caleb Spinner. And the story to close out this weekend was the freshman. We'll get into it. There were a lot of stars playing in their first collegiate games, getting their first collegiate assists, points. There was a lot going on for first-year Buckeyes. We're going to talk about them here in a minute. But first, make sure you're following us on Twitter at State of Mind OSU for the latest news regarding our show and behind the Buckeyes. They're coming, we promise. And always, make sure you realize that we will not be on SoundCloud for much longer. We will be switching over exclusively to Spotify and Apple Podcasts coming up within the next three or four weeks, give or take a few days off that number. And once again, the Spotify link is always shared on Twitter. So all you have to do is follow State of Mind OSU and you'll be automatically keeping up with the show via the platforms that we put out our episodes on. So now, with all that being said, with all the housekeeping taken care of, Tyler, let's get right into our review of the weekend. We touched a bit on it on Saturday, but let's get it done. Let's close the book on this weekend, starting with number seven, women's volleyball hosting number two, Texas, for the second game of this weekend, Saturday, August 27th. The Buckeyes dropped game two to Texas, just like game one. However... The Scarlet and Gray were able to snag a set. Ohio State claimed the opening set, their first of the season. And this 0-2 record now that Ohio State has, it looks bad on paper. But when you go to those games, when you see the action that was played, and you put into effect that the Texas Longhorns are one of the best teams in college volleyball, hence their number two ranking, you can't be too disappointed in the losing record right now. You can't be, and especially for the two first matches of the season, there are a lot of jitters, there are a lot of nerves, and Ohio State, a lot of expectations. There were many saying that this is a team that could definitely sweep Texas, and I'm sure Ohio State thought that way, and they definitely at times played that way. But Texas, there's a reason why they're number two, and it's because of all that experience they bring in, but not just experience from returning players. They do have the National Player of the Year in Logan Eggleston, but the transfers, and the transfers loomed large in this series. They returned 470 matches played amongst their six transfers. That's pretty impressive for a returning core. And the Longhorns, they looked really really good they got out attacked by a ton but they converted and that was the key a brilliant Buckeye for the day it's Emily Londot she posted double digit kills for the second straight match that was 14 on Saturday to complete that statistic and also recorded Ohio State's first double double of the year with 11 digs to go alongside that next up for Ohio State women's volleyball is 5 p.m on September 3rd at San Diego the Buckeyes hitting the road for the first time this season Switching over to a team that was on the road already this year, it's number 22, Ohio State Field Hockey. They were at the University at Albany on Sunday, August 28th. The Buckeyes rolled over the Great Danes, had to put a little dog pun in there, sit, roll over. Three to nothing was the score in that one. Ohio State posted back-to-back shutouts to start the season 
for the first time in 33 years. And then, of course, goaltender Abby Danson shut out the Huskies and the Great Danes going back to the game before that against Northeastern. Shut out for a total of 120 minutes and had 11 saves over that time. Great performance, but she's not our brilliant Buckeye. We'll get to her in a minute, but I'm going to let Tyler give his thoughts on that game first. Well, if you go back and listen to Saturday's episode where we recap the Northeastern game for Ohio State field hockey, we talked about the fact that Wisconsin transfer McKenna Webster tallied six shots, didn't find the back of the net, but she was oh so close from getting that first collegiate goal. She took no time in finding the back of the net finally for the first time in the Scarlet and Gray. She gets her first collegiate goal, which is pretty impressive. I didn't even share the outline with you until we started recording, and somehow you still beat me to it. My brilliant Buckeye is McKenna Webster. I held up thinking you'd talk about the goaltender. If I mention Abby Danson, you'll talk about her. I'll leave the distraction away from McKenna, and then I'll get to come out and be the first person to mention that she scored her first collegiate goal in the third quarter, the dual sport athlete with field hockey and ice hockey. But you always beat me to it, Tyler. Stop it. Well, first off, I'm sorry. I apologize. I don't have the outline pulled up right now, so that was Even something more that I was, I was not anticipating. But that just tells you to have great chemistry on a show, you have to have two minds that think alike. So if there's any plus side, I, I think it's got to be that. Either that or you have secret mind reading powers and you belong in the X-Men. But we're not sure. Let's uh, For identity's sake, let's keep that under wraps. But the next up, match four, field hockey is 12 p.m. noon on Saturday, on September 4th, rather, against Lehigh here in Columbus. And then as our, as we're finishing up our final day of the weekend, women's soccer, or excuse me, men's soccer, I'm getting ahead of myself on the outline now, looking into our preview of the week. But men's soccer versus California Polytechnic, Cal Poly, if you will, on Sunday, August 28th in the evening, the Buckeyes corralled the Mustangs three to nothing. Keegan McLaughlin recorded his first shutout of his Ohio State career and adding on to the transfers who already played to score their first goal. Here is where the freshmen came out to play. Brilliant Buckeyes. Not one, not two, three of them today. Marco Borkovic, Ashton Billow, and Luciano Picota. Borkovic and Billow scored their first collegiate goals of the season and Picota tallied two assists one each to Billow and Lawrence Wooten. A great performance from the Ohio State men's soccer freshman. Well, the way Ashton Bilo played against South Carolina, you knew that he was bound to break out. He saw the most time among those freshmen outside of Tanner Creech, who was also up top as a forward. And Luciano Picota, he started to break out a little bit. And then here against Cal Poly, he just erupted Caleb and that's got to be good for head coach Brian Mazenoff to find a guy in the midfield that can distribute and set things up because Pakota is going to be heavily relied on as we roll along here. But a guy that I wanted to talk about the most is Marco Borkovic because he's got a unique story. He hails from England. He played in third-tier English soccer in the Carabao Cup, which is one of the bigger non-Premier League tournaments in English football. He played for Derby County. He played in the second round of the English Football League playoffs not too long ago. So this guy brings in professional soccer appearance. This guy brings in professional soccer experience, and I'm not talking about academy soccer or 
development soccer, he has played on some of the biggest stages. He played against Newcastle United not too long ago. But Brian Mazenoff said going into the season, Marco Borkovic had yet to join the Ohio State team. This was a couple days before Charleston and Ohio State played two Saturdays ago. Now, fast forward to Sunday evening and Borkovic, not too far removed from coming to Columbus, just a couple days removed from that, is able to score in the 35th minute in a big situation to give Ohio State the lead, one that they would hold the rest of the match. And you got to imagine his experience playing that high-level soccer that you talked about over in England. That's really what got him ready for the bright lights of an atmosphere like this. Not only Columbus being the big sports town that we know it is, but also to have the pressure on the line. Not a lot of pressure when you're up 3-0 or at the time he scored uh, 1-0, but still to be called upon in such a big moment. You're early in the season, Wolstein Classic, so there's tournament uh, implications riding on it. You've got all these different things going into adding the importance of this game more than just a win and a loss, and you're able to shine as brightly as he did. So that experience coming over from England did a really good job in readying Marco Borkovic for the bright lights of Jesse Owens Memorial Stadium along with Pakoda and Bilo, who shone brightly as well. Next up is Thursday for men's soccer, 7 p.m. on September 1st at Bowling Green. They'll hit the road as well for the first time in their regular season. Getting into our preview of the week, women's soccer is at Dayton Thursday, September 1st, as I mistakenly alluded to earlier in the episode. The Flyers were 12-6-2 last year, 8-2 in the American 10 Conference. They fell 4-2 in the Atlantic 10 Championship against number three, St. Louis. That's how their season ended. And one thing that I'm going to look forward to seeing in this one is the goaltending tandem, the goalkeeping duo of Molly Pritchard and Kat Robinson. We talked about that on Saturday, Caleb, on our special recap episode of that magical Friday night. Robinson and Pritchard were great. They allowed two goals to BYU in that second half, but again, it looks like things are really working for those two splitting duties, one playing 45 minutes, usually Robinson in the first and then Pritchard in the second. So I'll be interested to see how this looks for yet another non-conference match against the Flyers. Also, the same day, the same time, different destination. Men's soccer is on the road at Bowling Green, as I mentioned just a few minutes ago. The Buckeyes battling the Falcons at Cochran Stadium in Bowling Green, Ohio. You can watch that on ESPN+. Plus. The Falcons 11-6-3 in 2021, 2-2-2 in the MAC. They ended last year with a 2-0 loss at number 17 seed Indiana in the second round of the 2021 NCAA Championship. Look for them to be aiming for revenge, especially against Big Ten teams. Absolutely. If you look at the Falcons last year when they played Ohio State on September 29th, the Buckeyes upset the then number 17 Bowling Green Falcons. The Mid-American Conference is no slouch in soccer. We know what Akron can do in men's soccer. They've made the national championship. They've made the final four in the last half decade. And Bowling Green is another program right on the rise. They're coming off a tough 1-0 decision as they lost to Loyola. They tied to Paul, but they still are on the cusp of that top 25 pull in college soccer. 
That'll do it for us until Friday. Once again, make sure you're following the show on Twitter at, at State of Mind OSU. Almost said Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio. Residual effects from the involvement fair that we had on Sunday having to boost our organization multiple times as we spoke to 165 people who wrote their names down. Tyler tells you all the great things that SGSR is getting ready for, but not Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio on Twitter. State of Mind OSU, that's where you want to go. Of course, optimally, you'll follow them both. But as this show is concerned, follow State of Mind OSU on Twitter. We will be getting to Behind the Buckeyes soon. But until next time, for Tyler Danberg, I'm Caleb Spinner. That's the show. We're out of here.